Hey everybody, welcome to the Market Moment, first episode of 24, New Year. Exciting stuff. You Exciting guys, stuff, yeah. Did y'all party hard for the New Year's? Oh my gosh, we we partied so hard. I mean, I think 9.30 I fell asleep. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's about the norm for us anymore. And we got woken up at like 11 o'clock, fireworks started going off. Yeah, that's annoying. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. I guess it's. I guess people have fun with that. I just don't understand it. Yeah, so. we were in bed pretty early too. Um, I think it was like ten or so, but um, still pretty late for yeah. us. So we yeah, turned fuddy dud. But twenty twenty four, man, uh, it's here. Exciting. It's always a. It's always exciting starting a new year. You know, kind of looking back at what's happened over the past year, what's coming ahead, and you know, goals and things that you're looking forward to the upcoming year. Yeah, and I think 2024 is going to be a, a fantastic year in the sense of news stories. And I mean, we have an election, right? So yeah. it seems like in America, an election, it, we're always in an election year. It, doesn't it seem that it, way? We talk about yeah. politics all the time, and it always seems like it's an election year. But you're actually in an election year in this year. Right. So there'll be some things on the market that'll be interesting. And, and as we get closer, it'll become bigger and bigger. So that, that happens. We've got... I believe the Olympics are this summer, right? Yep. yep. Which is also exciting. Yeah, that'll be summer fun. Olympics. So, and then we have, you know, we had college football yesterday to start the year off. Yep. Uh, two pretty good games, actually. It's pretty yeah. exciting. Um, Arkansas is nowhere to be found <laughs> in those games, but um, exciting. So, yeah, it's it's fun. There'll definitely be one. I have, you know, my own concerns, as, as a lot of people do in any new year, kind of as you're looking ahead, but lack of content to talk about is not one of them. I think exactly. we'll have, I think there'll be oh, plenty of content and plenty of content. Um, yeah. stuff to talk about. So, so jumping right to it, talking about content and um, kind of feeds that you can run with this. I think this was Harry Dent. We were talking about it, but um, U S economist predicts 2024 will bring the biggest crash of our lifetime. So you see these headlines, some of these guys, this, this was, this was Dent who's made a career out of selling books, yep. you know, scaring people to death. And so, yep. Um, you know, you get these kind of permables that just constantly try to predict crashes. But he came out with this a couple weeks ago, and it, you know, by no surprise, made headlines. Right. And Fox right. Business and some some people ran with it. So, yeah, a couple things um, he said: historically, market bubbles are characterized by rapid rise in stock prices before um, you know sharply falling. He said the bu- this bubble actually started in late twenty one. With the COVID pan- pandemic, um, the new year will bring part B of the crash. Um, so he said it's we've already started to see a little bit of the crash. I guess we had part yeah. one in 22 when yeah. the market sold off. Yeah. This last year was kind of a head fake. The second part of the sell-off, and I guess the more severe part he's saying will be in 24. Yeah. Thoughts I, on that? Well, my thoughts on that are are – it's I kind of laugh because I've been doing this business so long, right? I mean, we know I'm the old old guy. Yeah. So, I have been through so many New Years and so many predictions, and you know, early in my career, I really, you know, I paid attention to those because it just seemed like these people were smart and they had all the information in front of them, and so I should really pay attention. As I, as I've gone on in my career, I've realized that most of these people have no idea what they're talking about, right? I mean, and they could be right in the sense that. You know, at some point the market is going to correct and have a downturn and so on. And so, so right. each and and I'm guilty of this this last year, 2023. I didn't. I was the pessimist of, of our group. Um, and so, but eventually the pessimists are right, 
right? Right. And so this guy is notorious for being a pessimist all the time. And I could go back many years. And he will be right eventually. He'll be right. Like, like 2008, he was right. Right. Okay. And then that's great. But then the six other times between then and now, he's been wrong. Right. Right. And we don't talk about that. We just talk about the shock factor of the headline. But there's, here's the, the funny thing. If you go back to 2022 and you look at all analysts on Wall Street and the actual prediction for 2023, I don't think anybody was right. Does that make sense? Like mm -hmm. nobody had predicted the NASDAQ to do what it did. Nobody uh, that I know of that I saw. And so I think predictions are great and they're, they're wonderful. They, they cause headlines. They, they can create panic. What we try to teach at Mach 1 and we try to help our clients with is like don't let that charge your emotion to make an emotional decision. Right. And the other thing I, I found, I, I, I do think this is interesting information to see this, right? But if you are retire, if you're planning for retirement correctly and you're investing correctly, I know I'm going to go long winded here, Matt, no, just give good. me a second. So like if you're young and you're investing, you're buying shares every month in your 401k, for example, mm -hmm. You really don't care what the market does. In fact, if the market goes down, you're buying more shares. You shouldn't care. You shouldn't care, right? right? And you're buying more shares. You now have more shares at a level playing field when it started the downturn, right? Because right. you don't know when the downturn is going to finish. You don't know how far it's going to go down. You don't know when it's going to re recover until you look back in time. Right. So young investors shouldn't worry about this kind of stuff at all. Retirement, you know, yeah, you worry about the catastrophic. And a lot of our clients are very worried and nervous about next year, the market, what's it going to do and so on. But we try to help our clients go into portfolio structures that give them protection for what's the term that we use, take the least amount of risk possible to achieve the desired outcome, to achieve desired outcome. Right. So this doesn't even matter. Our clients aren't going to be exposed. If we had the worst market year right. on record, our clients are going to take that full brunt at all. And some won't take it at all. And some will barely take it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So as long as you're preparing and, and you've got a good plan, right. these kind of things shouldn't bother you. Yeah. They shouldn't keep you up but, at night if you're invested appropriately and have the right plan in place. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. For sure. And you know, sell-offs create opportunities. So it's not all negative, right? If you're a long-term exactly. investor and your funds invested in the market or longer term, you know, um, then sell-offs create opportunity. And exactly. I think we all get tied up. We're, we're just as guilty of it too, but like looking at your statements and your balances that day, um, you know, and, and caring a lot about what that number says instead of kind of keeping that long-term perspective. But yeah, I think this was interesting just cause it's, you know, big headline. You saw it all over the news. All you had to do is watch CNBC or something. You saw yep. this, this yep. link or um, a headline and um, these, kind of people kind of drive me crazy because he ultimately is just trying to sell you his research and exactly. books and exactly. you know and when he is right uh, you know eventually whenever we have the next kind of sell-off yep. then he'll you know that's all you'll hear about exactly for the next several years um and so um the hard the hard part is it's easy to predict a S&P target it's impossible to predict the timing in which that's going to happen right <laughs> exactly. and so it's like exactly. to say the S&P is going to hit 5000 you know, I'm very, very confident it will, but I yeah. have no freaking clue of will I, that I agree. be six months or three years from now. I actually think it's going to hit 10,000, <laughs> but it might be 2050. I mean, right. I don't know that, yeah. but I do have confidence that we're going to continue to grow, right. right? I will say I wrote sent down some things that are concerning for 2024, right, that we pay attention to. But again, these are things that have been here for years. Yeah, they're right? not unique. It's not unique. Year, Inflation, right? is it really gone? Okay, so that's a concern people have because... You know, you go to the grocery store, everybody can feel it. 
oil prices, uh, and I think oil in the Middle East, you know, the Iranian uh, ship has ship entered into, into the, the Red Sea. Yeah. And I do think there's some stuff there that does concern me, like not even on a market side, just humanity side. Yeah. Like I worry about our, our, our sailors that are in that area. Um, and then I worry about just world, you know, uh, disruption there with oil and war and so on. The Fed, the Fed can, I go back a couple years ago, Fed said they were going to raise the interest rates slightly one or two 25 basis point hikes, and then they raised them 500 basis points, mm -hmm. right? And they said that at the beginning of the year, so the prediction right. at the beginning of the year had nothing to do with what actually happened. And so I know the Fed has given us this, this idea that they're going to lower rates at the end of this year, but what if the Fed finds they have to stall that or they can't? I mean, there's, there's so the Fed still can mess up the system. And then the election as we talked about, depends on what side you're on, right? Yeah. But the election is going to, is we're so polarizing now. It's one side or the other. It's like the media, and I'm going to tell you this, this is, this is how I feel about it. The media wants us to believe that if you're one side, you can't love the other side, right? Like the, right. there's just such, but the reality is we are around people every day that have different mindset of political mindset. Sure. This is really not the case, but the, the media will push that narrative and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the closer you get to the election, the more hatred is going to be spewed. And then the more, the more what I think like this particular U S economist is thing, the more dire things are going to be said. I've already heard things said. If Joe gets reelected, the world's going to end. If Trump gets reelected, yeah. the world's going to end. And that's just going to continue. So that emotional pull and push on our clients and our, our everybody out there is going to just get bigger and bigger. And I think the stock market, the stock market is smart, right? The I do. I think so too. Yes. The collective market. And I say that to say, I think it's smart enough to realize that you can't trade around political. Exactly. You yeah. know, who's in control, who's not is an election year. Like, um, I think it cares less and less about that. And you, it's impossible to find historical trends on what the market does when X, Y, Z happens exactly. politically. Like there's no direct tie of like Republicans win, the market goes yeah. up. Democrats win the market. Like you'd like to think that and it doesn't happen. And I think because of how noisy our media and political system has gotten, I think the stock market has, has kind of learned over time. Like we kind of just have eh. to ignore most of this. Yeah. We're going like, to ignore you. Yeah. It's about corporate profits. Right. It's about future profits, right? So that's why the Fed decisions are important. And that's why, the, yeah, that's why inflation yep. and rates and things are much more, yeah. much bigger drivers of the market than, exactly. you know, what is Biden, what are Biden's election, <laughs> re-election chances? And, exactly. And I, like I've, I've said that for years and I go back to, now I will say you go back to in, in time and you can find certain pieces of legislation or certain tax policies oh, that sure. spurned on the market, which is great. But they're inside a presidency, and they're usually one or two things that help the market in a four-year span. Right. And that's it, right? And you can find those, and you can cherry-pick and find them back in time. But it is – politics has so little to and, – and even politicians think they're they're more important than yeah. they are yeah. towards the end For of sure. all this, but they're not. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I think inflation being sticky um, – and and rates, yeah, are the two biggest concerns in my eyes from the from a, the pure the stock market stock market side, yeah. You know the yeah. geopolitical stuff is scary. So talking about that, stocks opened the year um, slightly down today. The Dow's actually up right now. Yeah, you know, it's been moving around. Yeah, coming off of December where the Treasury um, Treasury yields dropped the by one of the biggest drops in history. Um, over the month of December, and that was kind of coming off of the cusp, you know, out of the Fed meeting. Yep. And so 
rates are still inverted yield curve all of it it's still kind of weird out there in the rate world uh following a strong 2023 investors are looking for early signs of where things could be headed um with numerous interest rate moves from the federal reserve possible apple's a big name to watch barclays is just downgraded apple citing concerns over iphone demand um so i think the moral of the story here is what we just talked about it's kind of a perfect segue of corporate profits matter inflation yep. matters rates matter um that's what the market and investors really care about. And so, yeah. you know, we're coming out of a little bit of an earnings recession, right? And yep. so the, I think, nec- you know, earnings this next year, if companies, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do and if we're yeah. able to climb out of that and how, how beneficial that is um, relative to inflation and rates. And there's just an interesting dynamic right now, yeah. a lot going on at one time. I agree. And I think the, the one thing I'm paying attention to is, is are we laying off? Like are companies seeing right. signs that they need to cut back expenses pretty heftily? And they largely that comes from employment, right? That's right. one of the biggest things. And I do worry about that, right? As a, as a precursor to this recession that we've, that keeps creeping up. Is it coming? Is it not? Is, is it going to, you know, and this is the other thing, <laughs> a recession will eventually come because that's a natural cycle of sure. the economy. So that is, shouldn't scare us so much. Right. If that word sounds so scary, but I'm looking for this year, like w- corporate profits are, um, and, and you look at the, like the Apple. Okay. The iPhone demand. I look at Nvidia and it's also in the, mentioned in this thing. And I'm also looking at I noticed an article today on Bitcoin, which is listed in here, yeah, Coinbase. Yeah. Well, part of that that area. There's an ETF that's getting ready to, or trying to get approved yeah, that will be on, on the it. system that, that will allow us to, you know, the layman person to go get Bitcoin, if you will, through an ETF. Right. Where you had to go through their weird exchanges. <laughs> like, yeah. I've never done it, but apparently we missed out, man. Yeah. <laughs> but Bitcoin is on the rise today. Sure. And I look at that as kind of a side story that's kind of interesting. If that ETF comes out, that'll spur excitement um, on the overall market. Nivdia, back to that. That stock has gone up so much, so fast, right? And I look at the competitors of that stock because that sector is so strong mm-hmm. and the future is so bright in that sector. But like, if you're, it doesn't mean just because Nvidia might have gone so fast, so high, it might come back a little bit. But look at AMD and some of the other, sure. and I look at AMD yeah. as the biggest one, some of the other competitors that could benefit if Nvidia starts to come back a little bit. So it doesn't mean even if they or Apple started to pull back a little bit, there's other strong companies that can take their, to fill their void, but it goes back to profits. So yeah. we'll be listening and paying attention to fourth quarter not necessarily the profits or the you know earnings or whatever fourth quarter, but their their prognostication of the future, what right. the analysts say for the future. So I'm very interested in that in the middle of January, whenever we start seeing those. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, we've been saying for a while here, I think things can hold up and be pretty good for maybe a lot longer than you would expect if uh, people keep their jobs. Exactly. And yeah. that Money seems like flowing. it yeah. almost has to be the catalyst. If we were going to go into a recession and things really, really slowed down, it almost feels like people would have to start losing their jobs yeah. for it to really get to a point where it starts impacting things across the board. You know? I agree. Because um, I, I think the consumer will continue to spend and not change things too dramatically as long as they have their job. Yeah, and I but think recession not happened in 23, largely the unemployment numbers never gave it a chance. Yeah. It, how, recession, how do really? you have a recession when everybody three still point, has their job? Yeah, 3.6, right? 3.9, when the highest, I think, was 3.9. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so we're not hoping that people lose their jobs. No. We're just saying yeah. that that's, that's, that's the – potential. Yeah, you you kind of need that um, for a recession to happen. So 
Um, wrapping up with Bitcoin today. So you mentioned it. Bitcoin hit an intraday high of around 45,500, marking a 21-month peak, having gained 156% in 2023. Um, remains far off record high of 69,000, hit November 2021. So... You're talking about the ETF. You know, this thing's been a roller coaster. Yeah. I don't think it's going yeah. anywhere. You know, I don't think it's going to zero like some people maybe do. Um, I also don't think it's taking over the world like some people right, do. Right. But it's it's hung around here and, you know, hasn't disappeared and had a good year last year. Yeah, it had a good, it's, it's the mystery of all mysteries to me. And so, again, I'm old and, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, on, I'm out in the pasture, basically. I will not ever go get Bitcoin. Yeah. Like it's just not in the cards for me. And I, and I, and I probably am maybe not right for that. Right. Maybe it's, but young people, I mean, you, you know, you see all these people driving Ferraris at 22 and they ask them, well, how'd you get this? Oh, I bought Bitcoin at 17 years old. You know? <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I missed out. Yeah, I mean, it's trillionaire. Yeah, exactly. They're trillionaires now. So there, there is a, I don't, I honestly, Matt, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. And I don't, if I can't go to McDonald's and buy a Big Mac, with a Bitcoin, I don't understand. Then it must be worthless. Yeah, it <laughs> must be worthless. I, I don't no, I don't. It. I mean, I don't either. I've never personally bought any. I don't think it's a hoax. Right. I think it will be around. Yeah. I think it'll yeah. remain an investable asset for the foreseeable future. Um, but I also don't think it's going to become this widely adopted thing that we're using on a daily basis. Yeah, the ETF know? is interesting to me. I think that gets everybody in a chance to get involved. Yeah. And that's why Bitcoin to me is is going up today. Sure. You know, they're they're knowing that. If the whole world can get it easily, then it drives up the price. So, sure. Yeah. Which is like a company, you know, getting put into the S&P index for the first exactly. time. Or, exactly. you know, if, if there's fund flows and, and money flows yep. um, matter. And if, if you can get e- Bitcoin in an ETF, there's going to be a lot more money that flows into that just because of the ease of use. and Exactly. Yeah, which we haven't had that opportunity at all. You have to go, like I said, some exchange somehow to get it. And I don't even know how to do that. Yeah. Right. So anyway. Yeah. So don't listen to our Bitcoin advice. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to be good. (laughs) Um, So today we're actually going to end. We usually end with a thought of the day. We're going to end with a comment that we got on um, comment slash kind of question we got on YouTube. Any parting thoughts before we jump to that? No, no. Looking forward to 2024. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a great year. I'm I'm excited to hear our podcast. I can't wait to look back and see. You know how the year progresses on yeah. how, how things change for us, but we're anyway. trying to get better. Like we always say on this, um, look forward to some guests this year. We we had a handful of good, really good guests this last year, but trying to implement um, kind of more of a uh, regular rhythm. You know, with guests on the podcast. Yeah, we're trying to still trying to get experts, Kelsey and Swift. Is that? Yeah, we're yeah, trying. We're but, hammering them. Yeah, they're not, okay, yeah, they're not them. returning our calls. <laughs> believe it or not. So, so we had a YouTube comment last year, uh, last week from. Um, an individual that said, I'm amazed at how many businesses are struggling to find entry-level workers. One of my favorite burger joints closed um, its local location due to lack of uh, reliable workers. One of their other locations is still open and does not have this problem. Any comments on why businesses cannot find quality workers? I think this is a great question, um, something I've personally noticed and seen as well. I think many of us have. What are your thoughts on this? Well, there's two things. When unemployment is low, Typically, and, and this is just a, a very broad statement, this sure. is not truth to the you know, 100% degree, but when unemployment is low, you tend to have the servicing sector uh, tends to suffer with bad employees right. or employees that aren't reliable because 
if the unemployment is low, everybody moves up a notch in employment, right? So entry level jobs, then they can go find better jobs and so on. And so you have, you have less out there to choose from. There's nobody desperate to get a job. And so you you have lower quality. Sure. Is that is one of the things. Uh, And then the other thing, you know, COVID gave free checks out. And, and (laughs) when I grew up, if you were 16, if you could drive a car, if you were 14 and had a moped and you could get to work, right? You're, you were encouraged to work for your yeah. own money, for yeah. your own spending money, whatever. And, and parents, you know, kids, it was just a big deal. I don't think that's as pushed today. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids are staying home longer in their life, even after college, right? which means their expenses are just, so I don't think the desire to work is there. And I think the quality of worker is probably hard to get good quality that want to stay. Yeah. And be part of so a burger joint that might run out of, they might go through twelve employees in a week, and then you know they can't run a business like that. Right. So that's part of it. No, I agree. I think yeah. it's you know supply and demand. Um, you have low unemployment, right? People are able to get good jobs, keep them. The better workers. Yeah. Better so workers move up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The better workers move up exactly, and so you're hiring for, you know the the less least motivated people out there yeah. that you know. Um, so I think that's a big part of it for sure. Um, I don't know about the high school high schoolers getting jobs. And I say I don't know just because I'm not in that life stage. Yeah. I haven't seen. Um, I know it was the same, like you mentioned, for when, when I was in high school. I mean, we everybody was trying to get jobs or work summer gigs yeah. and things when we could. And so um, I don't know what that looks like today. But we're also in a growing area with a lot of businesses and a lot of opportunities. And so that makes it, I think, the, it's competitive yeah right you're you're competing against a lot of other restaurants and um so yeah i think it's all of that in this example the the burger joint thing i know when i grew up working i worked at my dad's restaurant and and i was a dishwasher Mm -hmm. Uh, they didn't want me in public (laughs) understand if you're watching the podcast (laughs) i'm a better radio guy Uh, so (laughs) they but, but you know i i did not want to ever work in a restaurant environment ever. Right. Yeah. So in this example, it's a burger joint. Right. Yeah. And I'm not even trying to be facetious, but that is a hard job. When That's you can a, go yeah. work at a car wash or you can go work somewhere else where you're, you're not having to do that. Cause that to me is a hard, tough, right. Thankless job. So in that example, maybe it's just hard for them to find people harder for that type of employer to find somebody. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think it's a culmination okay. of all of that. Not yeah. anyone particular issue but i know a lot of older people say them them young kids just lazy (laughs) these days you know (laughs) they've been saying that forever yeah now i'm saying it (laughs) (laughs) yeah well but we appreciate the comment the question um definitely something that we've noticed and seen but we don't necessarily have it figured out right or know why so well we are excited about 2024 we appreciate you guys as always joining listening um be sure to like and subscribe leave us a comment ask us a question If you have anything, we'll be sure to bring it up next week um, if we can. So best of luck. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you guys soon. The hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Mach 1 Financial Group LLC is an SEC registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the Commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. 
Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, click on the link in the episode description below.